It's Tuesday, June 29th, and I want to say stay with the challenges of Numbers chapter 11. There's so many lessons here for us to learn. As we remember, Moses had had enough. People were complaining once again. Yes, they were free from Pharaoh's sweatshops. They had the promised land before them. God defeated the enemy, and he set them at liberty. But the wilderness revealed a deeper and more pervasive battle that the Lord could not win for them. It was not the battle against exterior forces, foreign armies, or even for resources like food. It's the interior battle, the battle of the heart. Up to this point, the Lord provided everything they needed, food, water, security, and hope for the future. And here we have in this chapter, as we looked at on Sunday, a description of the manna the Lord provided to them. Here it is, Numbers 11, verse 7 to 9. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its appearance like that of debium. The people went about and gathered it, ground it in hand mills, or beat it in mortars, and boiled it in pots, and made cakes of it. The taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. And when the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell with it. Now why this description of manna in the middle of this scene? Do we really need to know about this? I think it might help us to see what is happening. First, as we learned on Sunday, the word manna sounds like the word for what? You could say the word manna means, what is this? And that actually may be the first thing that people said when they discovered this gift of God. What is this stuff? It was like a white, flaky, honey-sweet material. It wasn't as thick as bread, but it could be made into cakes. You could cook it as you found it. Cook it lightly. You could eat it as you found it as well. It was something of a superfood that the Lord provided for his people to be nourished and sustained in the wilderness. It fell with the dew of night in such a supply that people always had plenty to go around. There need be no fear of running out of it. But you know what happens when the same thing is on the menu day after day and meal after meal? People are bound to grumble. And here was the thing about their grumbling. It wasn't true. Numbers 11, 4-6. Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving. The people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost us nothing, the cucumbers and melons, the leeks, onions, and garlic. But now our strength is dried up. There's nothing at all but this manna to look at. Wow, it's amazing. They talked about this time in Egypt like it were their glory days. They had all kinds of food and plenty of it when they were in Egypt, if you hear them talk about it. And their experience, this Egypt, nostalgia. Have they forgotten the bitterness of slavery? Now in the wilderness with the Lord, Israel has no enemy breathing down their necks. They're not in danger of starving or being taken captive. But they're profoundly unhappy. Why is this? The challenges we have in our lives most often have an outward and an inward component. 
For example, you may experience a cancer battle that could be treated with surgery or chemotherapy. But there's an inner battle as well. There's fear and anxiety, doubt, and perhaps anger. It is a spiritual and psychological battle for the people of the Lord as well. Likely the people are upset about the fact that they have to eat manna for another day. They're less upset about that than they are afraid for their future. You see, they are living in a world in between. They're not in Egypt, but they've not arrived at the land of promise either. And what sort of stress might this create for them? What are they afraid of? Often we would choose the security of further slavery over the unsecurity that lies before us. This is why we may choose to stay in an unhealthy, a bad job, or unhealthy relationship. We choose the devil we know over the devil we don't know. Now let's think about a little more about the internal battle. Israel made this about a battle with God for more variety in their food, but their battle was with their own fears. Yes, God can and does help us live with our fears, and God will help his people in this moment. He's going to show Moses, well, there are other leaders around him. He's not alone. And the Lord is going to show the people that he can provide them with food whenever, whenever they need it. I think this is why we hear about manna. The people don't even really know what it is or where it's coming from. But here is the Lord taking care of his people. They need to trust him. They need to learn to trust. Now, our internal battles are most often rooted in fear and insecurity. We're tempted to feel alone and vulnerable in the world. And we feel this, we feel it acutely. This is why we like to build up financial reserves and watch our investments. It is why we think through what would we would do if the bottom fell out of our lives. We calculate how we'd make it, how we could provide for ourselves, take care of ourselves. And these are signs that our hearts dwell on the border of fear and insecurity. Sandy and I have a bag in the garage that I call our run to the hills bag. If a hurricane comes, we can grab the bag and have the basics of what we need. But here's the funny thing. I don't even remember what's in the bag. It is so old, the items in there could hardly be of any use. And yes, we've been fine. Now, this doesn't mean we don't plan for emergencies. We should. It means that at all times, we must trust God. He's the one who takes care of us. What person can by worrying add a single hour to his or her life? Jesus asked this question of his disciples, and that is where we are. So how do we solve this internal problem? It takes time to build trust. It takes seeing the faithfulness of God over years and through the various seasons of our lives. And that is why the Lord has his people in the wilderness for so long. It's also one of the grand purposes of God in our lives right now that you might learn to know and trust the Lord. Then you'll be able to enjoy his peace and the freedom that God has provided to you. Let's pray. Faithful and loving Father, we have contingency plans. We've given a whole lot of thought to what it will take to provide for us going forward. 
and what will happen when the storm comes. We trust our plans. Enable us to live in your care and peace. Show us the cross so that we might come to trust you in your ways, in our lives, and in our world. To the praise of your name. Amen.